0: Good morning. Now it's time for the scripture. This morning comes from the uh, Genesis chapter 11 verses 1 through 9. Now the whole earth had one language and few words and as men migrated from the east they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there and they said to one another come Let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down. And there confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'm
1: going to be honest. I've heard this passage preached many times before. And almost every time the sermon goes the same direction, addressing issues of pride usually stating that this tower was built to try to get to heaven, and God came to confuse their languages as a punishment for their attempt. Has anyone ever heard anything similar? Yeah, I see some heads nodding. Well, as I prepared for today, these are the images that filled my mind. And the more I prayed, the more it just didn't feel right. Today we find our passage right in the middle of two genealogies. In Genesis chapter 10, we read about Noah's descendants and come to the first instance in the Bible where people are separated based on their language. Noah's descendants were divided into their own countries, each according to their language and their clans within their nations. Then one chapter over we come to our passage in Genesis chapter 11, and the second time in the Bible where people are divided by their language. Now, the reason for these two stories with virtually the same outcome is debated by biblical scholars. Imagine that. Some say that chapter 11 is just an expansion of chapter 10 while others state that the two stories stand alone as alternative narratives. Regardless, in the text for today, we find this group of people who are motivated to build a city with a tower and a God who responds. So when I read this passage, my first thought is, why are these people building a tower to reach the sky? Like, What is their motivation? It's in verse 4 that we find our answer, to make a name for themselves so they will not be separated. It is probably through these motivations that a majority of my former pastors find the theme of pride in the text. I mean, come on. These people wanted to make a name for themselves? Really? What does that even mean? But what's interesting is that in the Bible, making a name for oneself is never used to describe self-centeredness or pride. Rather, making a name implies an act of establishing an identity that will endure, like leaving a legacy. They want to become a settled and establish a place they can call home. These people were not wanting to storm up to heaven on their brick-made tower. They just wanted to stay united as a community. The effort to secure a place to call home comes natural. There's just something about going home. There's just something comforting about returning home after you've been away for a while. As fun as vacations are, there's nothing like unpacking your things and sleeping in your own bed that first night back. But home is more than a physical place. It's also a sense of comfort found in the people and places we have an established history with. It's the deep breath we take when we know we're surrounded by people who accept us and understand us. It happens every time I travel back home and cross over the Mississippi state line. We can experience this sense of home in our churches, in our communities, in our circle of friends, in our sports teams. There is a sense of comfort and safety found in familiar people, places, and things. So we understand this desire to find a place to call home. Then what's the problem? Doesn't God want us to be unified? I mean, I feel like I read that a few times in the Bible. I mean, isn't a good thing that people in Genesis 11 want to establish themselves so they would not be separated? Well, you see, the problem is, is that God had already made it very clear about his desires for earth. God instructed in Genesis 1.28, 2.5, and 9.7 for the people to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. Therefore, this city's united front becomes problematic. This major construction project is a way for them to secure their own future as a unified community, out isolated from the rest of the world. You see, they were only focused on what benefited them. They wanted to stay close together where it was comfortable, despite God's call to be fruitful, multiply, multiply. And fill the earth. God's command simply could not be fulfilled if they hunkered down and set up fort. For them to focus all of their efforts on the future of their own community puts everyone else in jeopardy. Y'all hear this. For them to focus all of their efforts on the future of their own community puts everyone else in jeopardy. God had a bigger plan. And that plan included the rest of the world. God's action against the city demonstrates God's commitment to the entire earth. The people acted in self-preservation and God responded. You see, I've often heard this passage preached with the vision of an angry God punishing the city for their pride. But there is a difference in divine judgment and punishment. There's nothing in this text that assumes God is angry with the community. But God does evaluate the situation and moves. The unity of a people who are only concerned about themselves places everyone else at risk. God acts in a way that the community has no choice but to obey the command originally set before them. And this is a universal passage, meaning that in the original language, it was not written describing a specific people group. The language is really broad and generic. Therefore, scholars agree and have said that this story is not about a specific group of people, but it's about all of humankind. There was something destructive in the motives to build that city and tower. Something so destructive that God took action. Here the text speaks truth into our lives today. By the very nature of being human, our motives mirror the motives of the city residents in Genesis chapter 11. We also cling to the familiar and do not want to be separated from what we find comfortable. But again, I find myself asking, what's wrong with wanting to be comfortable? What's wrong with establishing unified communities? The problem is also like what we find in Genesis 11. God has a different plan. A plan that values all people equally. God's plan cares for the immigrant and the widow and the orphan, people that don't look like us or dress like us or think like us. where diversity is embraced and all parts of the body of Christ are treasured. God's plan is for the kingdom of heaven to take reign here on earth. When my husband, Andrew, and I first moved to Georgia about four years ago, I was working at a really small church in a really small town south of Atlanta called Monticello. Has Anybody heard of Monticello? They're known. It's the birthplace of Trisha Yearwood in the dear capital of Georgia. There were 400 students in the county high school. Literally nothing to do there. And we would meet every Sunday evening for youth, and it never failed that once the lesson was over, everyone would go outside and start up a game of Ultimate Frisbee. Do we have any Ultimate Frisbee fans? Okay, a few hands out there. Okay, so Ultimate Frisbee is basically a mix between soccer and football, kind of, but you use a Frisbee instead. So they would always want to play. And though we tried to pick team captains and distribute the talents, and the team numbers evenly, they always wanted to play, can you guess, boys versus girls. Every time. It didn't matter if we had ten boys and five girls. That's still what they wanted to do. Then when we'd be about 20 minutes into the game and the score was boys 30, girls 2, I would try to get everyone to mix up the teams a bit. But with your with their response, you would think that I was suggesting cutting off limbs to even out the teams. You see, there is such loyalty that even in the midst of extreme loss and gain, they would not abandon their team. So I think where... Does my loyalty lie? Sometimes our desire to make a name for ourselves and cling to the familiar is causing loss. I look around at the condition of our society and even our churches and y'all, we are losing We are so focused on clinging to the familiar that we rarely ever acknowledge God's intended plan. We hold on tight to what we find familiar, safe, and comfortable in fear that something might change, in fear that we might not be able to keep our communities together. We cling to our family and friends, our schools and our social lives, We cling to areas of towns, neighborhoods, to homes. We cling to hobbies and individuality. We cling to injustice or whatever other righteous cause we can think of. We cling to our denominations, our churches. And in the midst of this fear of change, we are reaching and clinging onto anything that will hold. All the while, God is looking down, ready to descend and take action. But first, we must let go. If we want God to continue to work in our lives, the life of this church and this community, we must let go. But do not mistake my message here today. I'm not saying that having a home or a sense of security is inherently bad. I'm saying that we need to watch ourselves. Because our desire for unity can look really exclusive to the rest of the world. Genesis chapter 11 teaches us that God's desire for diversity is fundamental in God's plan for the world. That means we might have to do some things that make us a little uncomfortable. With Genesis chapter 11 in mind, mind, ministry looks less like a social event and more like radical hospitality. We have to become aware of our tendency to make a name for ourselves so so we won't be dispersed all over the world. Because this tendency can look privileged and selfish and discriminative and divided and closed off. And that is not God's plan. Aren't we glad that we serve a God who welcomes everyone? Who welcomed us, after all? We are called to be and do the same. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we go from this place, may we go with this blessing. May the peace of God be in your heart, the grace of God be in your words, the love of God be in your hands, and the joy of God be in your soul. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.